Welcome to the Wish Well Podcast, a women's integrative summit on health and wellness. A podcast hosted by Dr. Michelle Dang, a board-certified anesthesiologist and pain management physician with additional fellowship training in integrative medicine. This podcast will feature weekly episodes with women from all walks of life discussing their health and wellness journeys. Welcome to episode seven, Sustainability with Dr. Stacy Bass. Stacy and I have actually known each other since residency when I started in 2007. And I wanted to release her episode a little early just to give her a little pick me up because as a practicing anesthesiologist, she's starting back in the OR amidst this COVID-19. So I wanted to give her a little pick me up. So I hope you enjoy this episode. A little bit about Dr. Stacy Bass. She is a physician anesthesiologist in Houston, Texas. She is also a mom of three kiddos, ages five, seven, and nine, a fitness lover, certified personal trainer, and competitive bodybuilder. Dr. Bass grew up in Houston, Texas, and is a proud Texas Longhorn class of 2001, completing medical school and anesthesiology residency at UTMB in Galveston, Texas in 2009, where she met her husband, Michael. They had a short eight-year stint in Lexington, Kentucky, where they had all their kids, and she spent years as a runner completing 10 half marathons, eventually finding her love of weightlifting and bodybuilding. Stacy nationally qualified in the bikini division in 2017 and 2018 and plans to compete in 2020 in the figure division. In 2020, she earned her NASM certified personal training certification. In addition to her upcoming bodybuilding competitions, her goals for this year are to compete a more, complete a more extensive nutrition certification to supplement the ACE certification she earned in 2018 and to help coach others to learn their way around the weight room, balance in both nutrition and fitness, and how to stay consistent despite all the obstacles that life throws at us. You can follow Dr. Stacey Bass on Instagram at Dr. Muscle Mom, D-R-M-U-S-C-L-E-M-O-M. I'm also grateful for Stacey because she has joined my Fit Female Physician group on Facebook, and she's been a wonderful source of information on nutrition and, of course, bodybuilding and weightlifting. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wish Well podcast. I'm here today with Dr. Stacy Bass. Um, Stacy and I have known each other for quite a while, uh, just like Heather in a previous episode. She and I went to residency together at UTMB in Galveston, and uh, we reconnected recently, I think, um, over social media, and um, we do a lot of fitness and everything. So very excited to have Stacy on the podcast. Welcome, Stacy. Hi, thanks for having me. This is so much fun. Awesome. Okay. So um, as I ask everybody who comes on the podcast, what does health and wellness mean to you? So to me, it means um, sustainability. So tell us a little bit about why you decided to pick that word. Okay. So um, I feel like everyone should be, as far as health and wellness, doing something that they can sustain over a long term. We see so many um, people doing these like crash either crash diets or you know 30 day workout plan and 
And then, and then what, um, you know, when people do the crash diets, they, they may lose 10 pounds in that 30 days. And then, and then what happens? They, they haven't built any skills to, um, learn how to sustain, um, a healthy lifestyle over a long period of time. Cause that's what we're going for is, um, long period of time and longevity. So, um, that's why I feel like everyone should develop the skills to um, be able to, as far as nutrition and fitness, um, be able to do something that is sustainable over a long period of time. That's a really great. And it's a very important word because as you said, a lot of people will get into these fads or they see something on the internet and they think, oh, I want to give it a try. And they try and they lose, but then they end up gaining back when they stop. So I think right. it's very important uh, for just, you know, general public to to really have that um, in mind. So tell me a little bit about, um, I know, you know, you and I went to residency together and I, I think you've always really been into fitness, but tell us about your, your path to fitness. And, you know, I know it's a, a probably a big long story in terms of how you got into medicine and anesthesiology, but um, just share with us your, your path. Okay. Yeah. So I, I have been, um, into fitness pretty much my whole life. I was a competitive gymnast when I was in elementary school. Um, and I, let me, and I'll start by saying both of my parents are very fit, very active. My dad's run marathons. My dad's done MS 150 bike rides. I've done them with him starting when I was in middle, middle school. Um, so I've, I've kind of just grown up around fitness, um, in general, but um, oh, and so, as an aside, it's really important, I think, to, um, you know, if you have kids to really start them when they're young, um, so that it becomes part of their life and part of their routine. But absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so anyway, so I, um, and then after I stopped doing competitive gymnastics, I got into working out in the gym. I mean, I remember even in high school, I was going to the gym after um, school every day, all through college. I was, I was a regular at the gym. Um, and you know, the way the, what I've done at the gym has changed over the years. You know, I used to just kind of go and do a lot on the treadmill and do some of the machines. Um, but I've always done something. Um, I, uh, eventually got into running half marathons myself. I ran probably 10, I believe. Um, and that was during my, when I was having my, my three babies. So a lot of it was in, you know, I ran, actually ran a couple of them pregnant, um, and I ran, I ran a lot of them in my kind of year postpartum, um, but I ran, uh, I ran a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And then I, over about three years ago, I started getting into weightlifting and bodybuilding and competing. So that's kind of where um, my focus is now. How did you decide to get into all that? Um, so there I guess through my gym, when, when I was living in Kentucky was when I got into this and I had some friends at the gym who were competing. There were some um, trainers at the gym who kind of suggested it. And I had also, um, and just seeing my friends going through it, it was kind of something I always wanted to do in the back of my head. But um, I also said, I don't want to do that diet because um, it is trying people might not be familiar with it, but you have to, when you're in prep for a bodybuilding competition, you're at extremely strict diet, extremely. I mean, there's no going out with your friends and having a beer. There's no, you know, pizza nights, there's nothing. Um, mm -hmm. so it's very strict. And, um, but I, I, it was, and then I, it just kind of became this challenge that I really wanted to do for myself. And I kind of committed myself and I hired a coach and I just kind of 
said, we're doing this. And I got into it and um, I really, I really learned to love it as the, almost as the challenge and just seeing where I could take, where I could take my body and my fitness too. Mm-hmm. So um, when you're in Kentucky, this was when you were in practice. And so you had already graduated from residency. So you did anesthesiology just like me. <laughs> and yeah. so I think uh, for people like myself who are not familiar with the bodybuilding world and um, the time commitment that it takes, how did you balance? Because we know that doing anesthesia, um, you're on call, you wake up really early, you have Absolutely. late days and, and, and all that. Absolutely. So yeah, my, my other motto is no excuses because um, I always say if I, if I can do, do what I do, then I think everybody can do something um, because yes. So, you know, I was where, you know, had to be at work at 645 in the morning and some days I would get off early, you know, early afternoon. Some days I'd be there until five or six, but um, I would make sure I was at the gym lifting um, at least five days a week. So sometimes that meant going before work. Um, um, a lot of, most of the time I would go after work when I could. Um, and, but it just, you know, I, I would just schedule it. It's part of my day. Like I would just, it wasn't like, mm, do I feel like I'm going to go to the gym today? No, it was like, that was just part of my day. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. So it wasn't like it was a punishment, but, mm-hmm. um, I just scheduled it in part as part of my day. So, you know, if, if I was going to be at work till six or 7 PM, okay, well that day I have to go, I go before work, I go at five. Um, and it was just, you know, each day I would kind of look at it and figure out where my workout was going to fit in on that day. And, and I would just make it happen. Um, and you know, I do, I had, I have three kids. Um, so, you know, you know, my husband would, would help sometimes. And I made sure I was at a gym that they did have a, um, a kid's room where if I needed to bring my kids with me, I could Mm -hmm. and did sometimes. Um, and I just kind of, um, it made it work. I made it a priority and, um, we made it, we made it happen. So with this weightlifting and bodybuilding, when did you, what was the time frame in terms of when you started doing that? And I know you did some competitions and that sort of thing. Um, so what was the time frame once you started and once you did had your first competition? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, let's see, I kind of decided around, um, September, it was 2016. So around September, 2016 is when I kind of first got the idea to pop into my head that hmm, this might be a fun challenge and something different than running half marathons all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started kind of um, engulfing myself and, you know, I would go got kind of through social media or through whatever, you know, looking at YouTube and learning what I could about bodybuilding and about competing. Um, around the time of November of that year, I ended up hiring a coach mm-hmm. and we got on a specific plan. Now, when I first started with my coach, um, we, you know, we started by, I learned how to track macros at that time so that I could, um, stay, you know, in, in macros is, you know, protein, fats, and carbs, um, and then staying within a calorie goal. And that's how you adjust your macros to, if you want to be putting on muscle, you follow, um, certain macros. And if you want to be losing body fat, you, you decrease your macros, you decrease your overall calories, but you make sure you're hitting your protein goals, your carb goals, and your fat goals. And I learned, I didn't know any of that in 2016. So that was part of it was learning, learning that I learned a lot. Um, so I was anyway, all through your coach or did you, um, I l- actually learned it. Uh, I started learning it, I guess, on my own, just from my own research. And then, um, cause I remember I had already been tracking my macros for about a month when I started with my coach. Um, but then when I started with her, she, you know, definitely learned a lot from her 
and learned more from her and got, you know, got even more practice and kind of got, got better at it. And, um, it gets, you know, it gets easier once you, once you do it. Um, so, and that, so that was November. We, we actually ended up putting on some, some body fat, but also some muscle on purpose by increasing my macros for a few months. And then when it was time to, um, cut down for the competition, we started take, you know, taking away calories and, um, in a controlled manner, um, we would do check-ins every week. So she, and with, um, not just with, with photos, so we could see how things were looking, but also with, um, biofeedback, which is also important. How's your digestion? How's your stress levels? How's your sleep? Um, all that stuff is very important. Um, when you're, especially when you're putting your body under the stress of, of dieting, um, hard. So, um, it was all, you know, it was all done in a very controlled manner. Um, but so my competition was in April of that year. So basically it was, you know, I started with my coach in November and I competed in April was my first two competitions. So tell us what your first competitions were like. Um, so I was really nervous. I mean, you know, parading in on a stage in a bikini in front of a bunch of people and judges is scary. No matter, no matter um, how, you know, how much work you put into it. But I, I was also confident because it's, you know, I, I worked hard and I dieted hard and I knew that I um, had, you know, done what I needed to do. And um, so I was confident in like how, how my body was, was presenting, but I, it's also scary. But, um, but yeah, you know, you get, you get all glammed up and you get hair and makeup and you, um, you have your, your bling your bling suit and that you wear and um it's fun I had my you know my family came out and um the first one I did was a relatively smaller competition and it was a natural um federation so which means they do drug test you so I did have to do a drug test or, and and they're obviously testing for um performance enhancing drugs like mm -hmm. testosterone or anything um related so mm -hmm. you do I did have to do a drug test on the um check-in everybody did um it, so it was a natural show bodybuilding um i would say the most popular or, or biggest uh federation in bodybuilding is the npc um mm -hmm. and ifbb and that is not um it's not tested basically so mm -hmm. you can assume that a lot of people competing um in only that are, are not natural and I, I don't, I mean, I'm, and I don't want to get, that's probably not something that we want to get into. I'm not, I'm not judging either way, but I, I am a natural athlete. I'll just put it that way. Um, so, so anyway, so I did the, the first one was the natural show and I ended up winning my class. Um, awesome. Yes. And then I was, how did that feel for your first competition? It, I was just, it was, it was shocked. I, I did not, not expect that at all. Uh -huh. Um, and then I actually ended up almost, I came in second for overall, overall bikini winner, um, <laughs> with me and the one other girl who we, it was, they, they had them us come out and they wanted to rejudge us because they couldn't decide, um, oh, wow. kind of unprecedented. So they had us both come out and, um, do our poses again and everything and ended up, they ended up choosing the other girl. So, um, uh, but it's all, it's all good, but you know, it was my first, first competition, but I still, yeah. I still look back at the poster. So when you win overall on a competition, you get to be on the poster for the show for the next year. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I remember that poster coming out. I was like, Oh, it's so close to being on that poster. But anyways, <laughs> um, so that was that. And then I did two weeks later, I did another um, competition, which was the NPC, which is the other one that I mentioned that's a lot bigger, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up getting second place in my class in that. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, so yeah. it was, it was definitely good first experiences. So that was, so you started really being serious about training in November, then you had your first competition in April after that. So during that time period, when you were making all those changes to your diet and everything, did you find it challenging with having kids? And I mean, I know for myself, whenever I'm trying something different, like even now I switch over, I don't eat any red meat anymore. And I find it a little bit challenging with, you know, a 10 year old who wants hot dogs and, you know, all the, all the stuff that I'm not trying not to eat. So was that hard for you during that time? Yeah, it is. Um, I think, in a, almost luckily for me, my kids are very picky, whereas they, they really just like, they'd be happy with like every night having like rice or like, like one, one or two of the following rice, edamame, mac and cheese, um, <laughs> hot dogs. And so, and that's pretty much it. My son will eat some steak, but they're, they're, they, they're not very um, diverse. So it kind of makes it easy. Cause I can just like heat up the microwave edamame for them. And then I can like eat my food prep and we, we don't do a lot of like extravagant like recipes or anything in my house mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know we, we just don't because my kids wouldn't eat it anyways and then I, I usually keep my food simple because that's the easiest thing for me so I'll do you know I'll cook chicken in different ways and with different seasonings and that's how I change it up for me chicken or you know lean lean steak or lean um, ground beef and with mm-hmm. different seasonings or different ways but I usually keep it pretty simple so I usually have some lean protein for myself and you know, a carb like rice or potatoes and then like lots of veggies. I roast veggies like every, every like th- three days, I'm like roasting some kind of veggies to just have around. Um, so, you know, do I you have an air fryer? Uh, I do have an air fryer. So yeah, I, switched. Roast I, veggies. Love <laughs> I love my air fryer. Yes. I switched between the air fryer and roasting them in the oven. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, I just kind of do that for myself. And then for my, since my kids, you know, are simple, I do what they, what they want and it kind of works. Um, and you know, sometimes I'm tempted to like have a bite of their mac and cheese because it looks good. And you know, if I'm not in strict bodybuilding competition prep, I'll have a bite of their mac and cheese and you know, I'll, I'll get over it. I don't have a whole bowl or anything, but yeah, you know, when it's uh, off control. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when they're, when I'm in, when I'm like, you know, strict prep, um, yeah, I mean that, you know, they want to have their ice cream every night for dessert or M&Ms or whatever. It's, it's definitely, it's hard to not to, uh not and and I sometimes will let myself like you know my daughter wants M&Ms on her ice cream M&Ms look good I'm gonna take I'll take one M&M or two M&Ms I don't need to have it's all about moderation (laughs) yeah exactly I don't need to have a whole handful and I don't need to you know go to town on it but sometimes one is enough to like just create cure that sweet tooth or that that craving and sometimes you want it so bad because you can't have or you're not letting yourself have it so right um so that's kind of how I deal with that so after your first competitions, um, what did you do after that? Were you on a high? Were you like, I'm ready to do this again? Or did you take a break or? Yeah, I, t- I was definitely ready for a break from the strictness of it. Um, it. It gets to you, you know, you don't, you feel like you don't, you don't really have a social life. I mean, you can go out with friends, but you can't eat, you, you, you know, you can't go out to a restaurant and eat anything. You can't have any drinks or anything. Um, yeah. And then, so, um, so yeah, I was ready for a break. And I mean, I think most people are, I think most people need to take a break after doing a competition prep. Um, mm-hmm. and so, uh, but I still tracked my macros. I stopped, um, officially working with my coach just because I didn't, I mean, it's expensive and I didn't, I, I had learned to track my macros on my own. So I kind of set where I think I needed to be and tried to, 
um, try to stay with that. And the good thing with tracking macros is you can kind of stay on track and still allow yourself some, um, and this is, this is how it relates to sustainability. Cause you know, I really want a cookie. Okay. Well, I'm going to have a cookie and I'm going to track it in my macros. I'm going to account for that carbs and this fat. And then, you know, maybe I won't have, um, a full half a cup of rice later. I'll have a little bit less or maybe, you know, or maybe I want a glass of wine. So I'm not going to have the cookie or, you know, or if you want a burger, maybe you want, do you want bun or do you want fries? But if you have both, you're going to go over your goal probably on your, on your carbs, but you, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And when you learn how to track macros, you can kind of learn how to allow yourself those cravings, um, without, you know, messing up your goals. Um, so I spent, you know, a year kind of just doing that, tracking my macros, allowing myself some leniency, but, you know, accounting for what, you know, whatever, um, treats or, you know, things that I wanted to have. And, um, and then as far as the, the gym, um, during that year, I, I was hitting the gym just as hard. I I like the gym. The gym to me is not a punishment. I, I love to go hit the weights heavy. And, um, I was going to the gym just as, just as hard as I was during prep, because to me, that's, uh, I enjoy that. Yeah. Well, you know, so, so some people talk about how it's really important to get the heart rate up and to, to do more high intensity workouts to, you know, um, do more cardio based workouts. So were you doing some of that as well? Because I know you mentioned that you, you were a runner before you ran a lot before. So during that year or whenever you're pre- prepping, are you doing some cardio as well? So when you're, I guess when you're in bodybuilding prep, most of the cardio you're doing is to decrease your body fat because you're trying to get your body fat as low as possible for when you're actually on stage. So um, during my prep, it was a very controlled amount of cardio. So when we were first putting on muscle, I actually wasn't doing very much at all. And then we started adding it, adding it in um, in a very controlled manner, um, just depending on how my body was responding. Um, but then um, when I when I finished that first round of competition of competitions and I was kind of doing, doing it on my own for a year. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I would try to do like maybe 30, you know, 30 minutes, three to four days a week and just mostly for heart health. Um, mm-hmm. and just, just to keep, you know, keep it moving and also allows you a little to eat a little, little bit more food. Um, mm-hmm. if you're doing the cardio as well. So, um, but definitely my folk, whereas, before when I was a runner, my focus was, okay, let me get to the gym and get on the treadmill or, you know, mm-hmm. let me just, I have to go for this hour long run or, um, my focus is the resistance training and the lifting. And then, you know, I, so I'll do that first because I want to be in my, my strongest and where I'm not already worn out. So I do my lifting first and then, you know, then I'll do a little 30 minutes of, of cardio, you know, whatever, whatever I enjoy at the time, you know, stair stepper or running outside or, um, you know, whatever. And I think that that's an important thing for everybody is if you're doing the cardio, do something you like, do something that you enjoy, you know, don't, you don't have to do the elliptical at the gym. If that's really boring to you, don't, don't do that. Pick something else. Um, so I need my husband to hear this because he keeps wanting me to run more and I'm not big. on <laughs> right. It's right. sort of like, I feel like I have to, but I feel like there's other ways to increase my heart rate and get exactly. the cardio in. Yeah. As long as you're getting your heart rate up and you know, yeah. that, that's, that's what matters. So you know, do something you enjoy or else you're going to be miserable if you're forcing yourself to do something because someone else said, you know, someone's like, Oh, the only way to do your cardio is to do the elliptical. Well, no, you know, then yeah. if, you hate, if you hate the elliptical, then no, that's not the only way. So, yeah. Right. And I know now you do, you do orange theory and you also just got a Peloton, right? Yes. I love my Peloton. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, so I've been doing Orange Theory. Um, even I was doing it, I do it once a week. Um, I know a lot of people do it every day or very, you know, five and six days a week. I, I don't think it's good for doing it that often. Um, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I can explain my reasons why, but I just, I think that it, it, I love Orange Theory. It's a great workout. Um, I, in my head, I use it as my cardio mm -hmm. or kind of as a hit, a hit cardio. Um, right. I know there's, there is strength training in there, but um, it's not really the strength training. It's not, it's not like the strength training that I do, um, which is more kind of like bodybuilding style and like, you know, sing, like single body splits. And, um, but, but I use it more, even the, the strength training portion to me is kind of like cardio. Cause it's, you know, you're, it's endurance and, um, you're not going as heavy as you can for, you know, eight to 10 sets and then resting You're it's more of an endurance type of, um, of strength. Right. So, um, but yes, I love it for once a week and it kind of changes things up for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, even I was actually doing it. I was up when, um, everything had to close down. I was actually about to stop on my own because I was five weeks out for my competition. Um, mm -hmm. but I had been doing it through kind of during my, my non-competition prep time and all the way through most of my competition prep, I've been doing, um, once a week, once theory. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's the, you know, community of it makes it exciting and it's a really good hit, a hit session. So, so, um, let's circle back around. So you took the time off to kind of a break from competition. And so mm -hmm. are you still, so now are you prepping for a competition or what's, what's, yes. So, um, I will. Okay. So that was 2017. I also did compete in 2018 as well. Mm -hmm. Um, awesome. Yes. And that I had moved to Houston by then. So that was when I, the first time I competed in, in Texas. Um, and then I actually took 2019 off completely from competing. I, um, I, and from prepping, I, I wanted to just kind of live my life, but also, like I said, I still tracked my macros. I still, um, a little bit more lenient, but I still did. And I still, I would, you know, we would, my husband, and I would, or a friend or with friends, we would go out to eat maybe once a week when I would go out to eat, I would just, get what I wanted. I wouldn't think about, you know, oh, I have to get grilled chicken at this restaurant. No, I would get, you know, I would get what I wanted. We would get dessert. I would get wine. Um, but you know, I would do that once a week. We weren't going out to, you know, I, I it's not like we went out to eat every night during the week. I wasn't drinking every night during the week, but I, I, and to me, that's another part of, that's another part of sustainability. Um, you know, allow, allow yourself some, you know, some fun and some, I don't really like calling them cheats, but people call them cheats, but you know, some, some meals where you're not thinking about, you know, what, that you're eating something only because it's the healthy choice. Um, right. the majority of your meals should be that way, but allow yourself, you know, once a week, go, go out to eat and just enjoy it. Just get what you want and enjoy it. Um, and I did that for a good part of a year and it was really, really helpful, um, for my, you know, for my mindset. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I, you know, during that year, I still was hitting the gym very hard. Cause I, again, cause I enjoy that. Um, if I, I didn't love it, I yeah. maybe would have, you know, still gone regularly, but maybe less, maybe, you know, done something different, but that, that was what I enjoyed. So I did it. Um, and I, so that was so full 2019. I didn't even think about anything with competition prep. I just kind of enjoyed my life. I enjoyed my nutrition, enjoyed my fitness. Um, and then I had planned to compete next month. So I was pretty deep in prep. Um, when, when we had to, when everything 
got canceled here. So um, I'm kind of in a little holding pattern right now, a frustrated holding pattern, but yeah, um, we don't but, know, like right now with the coronavirus going on, we don't know when things will resume. Yeah. So I, I started working with a new coach in November, actually of last, of last year. We did basically did the same thing. I, we, we built some muscle um, and, and I, so I get, basically I gained about five pounds of mostly muscle, some body fat as well. And then we were in the cutting phase. Um, we started in mid January cutting for an April competition. Mm-hmm. So I was, um, I was about five weeks out when everything officially got canceled last a week and a week and a half ago mm-hmm. or so. Um, I, w- I had been working very hard. I had been doing a whole lot of cardio. I had been dieting very hard. My calories were pretty low. Um, and so it was, it was definitely frustrating. Um, and then, um, I, I know, I know things are, there's, there's more important things happening right now. So I'm trying not to be too down about it mm-hmm. because it kind of seems minimal with everything else that's going on, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, but it is disappointing and it was a lot of hard work that maybe for nothing. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, we're just right now we're in a holding pattern. We're going to wait it out. I, we increased my calories. Um, we decreased my cardio a little bit from where we were and we're just, kind of a holding pattern. We're going to see what things start looking like in the next maybe two or three weeks and see if maybe, um, I might be able to do a show, a competition in like late June, Mm -hmm. but nobody knows at this point. So, um, so that's kind of where I am. Well, hopefully we'll get some more answers in the next couple of weeks as we see how things play out. And right. I know it can be disappointing because you've worked so hard for all this time. Um, so absolutely. Um, so I have several questions. So one of the questions is, um, you know, you talked a lot about the bodybuilding and doing, doing all the things that you're doing for the competitions. Is this something that I know your word was sustainability. Is this something that you think that you'll be continuing to do for, you know, a while, at least in the you know next couple of years? Um, I don't know. I kind of had said that I was going to compete this year and then maybe not compete again. Um, and then, and kind of just shift back towards, um, just the more, cause bodybuilding is extreme and it right. is extreme. Like nobody should look at a bodybuilder on stage and say, I want that body unless, unless you're planning on actually being on stage for bodybuilding. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's extreme. So basically, you know, in my head, I was going to compete this year and then probably, I mean, I am 41. Um, I no. think, <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm 41. So people, I know people compete in older ages and, um, but I just, you know, I, I was going to just, kind of take it easy and go back to what I've been, you know, what I did last year in 2019, which is, you know, track my macros, eat mm-hmm. mostly, you know, 80, 80% um, healthy, nutri- nutrient dense foods, allow myself some leniency for that, you know, 15 to 20% and, um, and go to the gym because I like going to the gym and, you know, that, and that's definitely what my goal will be whenever I completely stop competing, whether it's this year, um, if things don't work out for competing this year, I might just kind of put on hold and do and try again next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, whenever I do stop, cause I mean, it's, it's a lot on your body and it's, like I said, it's very extreme. Mm-hmm. So you, I mean, it's not something that a lot of people can, you know, do for a long, long periods of time. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll be perfectly happy just kind of shifting back into the more like um, sustainable type of um, fitness. Mm-hmm. 
And speaking of macros, that was one of my other questions is for just the general public or just people in general who want to try to eat more healthy. Um, you know, we hear a lot about tracking macros. If you, if say somebody like me wanted to get started, um, you know, just being a little bit more cognizant of the things that I'm eating, what's, what, are, what's some advice you can give? Um, I, well, there's, you know, there's a lot of macro calculators online, so you could start with that. I think that I, I think there's one on if it fits my macros.com mm -hmm. or it's like the, the initials for that. Like I, I, F, Y, M, I think, I think that's what it is. Um, but there's a, you can just search macro calculator and that, and, um, you know, it'll ask you some questions, you know, your, you know, height, weight, act, you know, activity level, blah, blah, blah. Um, so in, in kind of give you like a starting point. Um, mm -hmm. and obviously if you, you know, there's a lot of people who work with a coach or who've been, you know, and, and I, I have done a couple, um, plans for people, um, just recently. Um, I'd like to get into doing it a little bit more. Um, but if someone who's, who's been doing it for a while, sometimes can give you a little bit better guidance. But if you, if, you know, if someone wants to just kind of get started, you know, you can go in there, do get your little calculations and that's a starting point. Um, and then you, um, you need to get an app. I use my fitness pal. There's um, my macros plus there's a few other ones, but I I've just always used my fitness pal as my app. Um, and it's really easy. It seems intimidating, but once you kind of learn it, it's, it, it's really easy. Um, and you know, so you're, it, and so once you get your little calculations, you're getting, it'll give you like a protein goal in grams, um, fat goal and a carb goal. Um, and, and then a total calorie goal. So, um, and, and you can, you know, in those apps, it's pretty easy. Like if you eat, um, chicken, so you put it in, you put in how much chicken. Now, one thing that everybody needs to do, if you do want to track macros, you do need to have a food scale. Um, we, we as a population are very bad at estimating, um, amounts, um, especially if you haven't done it. Mm -hmm. So if you want, I, I do tell people if they want, if you really want to be accurate, if you want it to work, you at least for a few weeks, if not longer, I still weigh all my food. Um, but at least for a few weeks, so you can start seeing what portions look like you need to weigh your food. So, you know, how much are you having? Cause you might be having, are you having three ounces of chicken? Or are you having six ounces of chicken? That's a huge difference in calories and in protein. And is then, that cooked or uncooked? And that's the other thing is that, um, you, when, uh, like if you look at a package of chicken, it's going to say four ounces is, um, like 120 calories. Right. And it's going to say four ounces is about 25 grams of protein or so. Um, now that's raw weight. If you look at a package of meat, it's always, they're giving you it for raw for the raw weight. Now, when you cook any kind of meat, it, the weight decreases. So if you start with four ounces of chicken and you cook it, it's going to be around three ounces. It's usually about a 75% um, of the, of the original weight. So it's gonna be around, so basically three ounces of cooked chicken equals the same macros as four ounces of raw chicken. Mm -hmm. So, so that's one of those little, little things that you kind of have to, kind of have to get down. I usually, I cook my chicken in bulk and then I weigh it um, cooked. But mm -hmm. when I enter it into my fitness pal, I always say cooked chicken. So, so that accounts for the difference there. Yeah. And it's funny. I'm probably like most people in the sense of I had my fitness pal, I have a food scale and I tried to track way back several years ago when I was really into fitness and working out. And it's just hard, you know, to keep it up. Plus um, I cook a lot of Asian food and yeah. I eat a lot of Asian food. So it's hard to really find the equivalent on the app. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, you know, that part's hard. That's, 
<laughs> right. And that's why I keep my food simple usually because it's easier mm-hmm. for me to, to track it. Um, but you know, if, if some ones makes like a big recipe in bulk or like pot of chili or something like that, mm-hmm. a good, a good tip for that is just put in, um, like in my fitness pal, you can, you can create a recipe. You, mm-hmm. you know, you go to create a recipe and you just put in everything that you put in your recipe. Like, even if it's like 12 servings or whatever, you know, whatever this big pot of chili is, just mm-hmm. put in that you put in a pound of meat and you put in like two cans of, you know, tomato sauce or whatever it is. And then, um, you know, if you want to be exact, you can wait when you're finished cooking it weigh the full amount and then um you know if you you know if there's 12 servings if you're having one twelfth of that then you know you're having one twelfth one twelfth of what that total what that total was mm-hmm. and that's a good way to do it when you're cooking like you know big recipes in in bulk yeah um, that's a good tip so yeah well we're about to run out of time but i do have one more question for you um and that question is how do you feel now um doing all that you do now compared to how you felt before when you said you were running a lot and you were active and very fit, but how do you feel like mentally and just overall? Yeah, absolutely. So I will, I will say a hundred percent that, um, starting with resistance training and building up muscle has increased my confidence mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I, I was like to say, look back at photos and I say before I was like skinny fat, which I don't know if <laughs> I say that about myself. I mean, I, you know, I was, I looked like I was like in shape, but I, um, I looked like I was in shape, but I did have more body fat. So when you start lifting, when you start building that body shape and, you know, building muscle, it just, it just helps, um, the way you look, the way you feel, um, it's just, I can't even explain the difference between now and when I was just running. Like, I feel like I'm a totally different person. I look like a different person. I feel like a different person. My confidence is um, higher. Um, it, it really makes a huge difference. If anyone is doing a lot of cardio and not doing much resistance training, I highly, highly encourage you to, um, to just start, start lifting weights, start doing that resistance training. You'll, that's how you really see your body sh- body. That's what we all want. We all want our body our body shape to, um, you know, you know, have that, have that shape and muscle and, and, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, if you build muscle, you're just not, there's, there's, there's guys at the gym that I see they're on, you know, all kinds of stuff and lifting weights every day. And they're, they're having a hard time looking like that. So you're, you know, as a female who goes into the gym and picks up a 15 pound dumbbell, you're not going to start to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I promise. Um, but you, you will gain, gain some muscle, gain some body shape and a lot of confidence. Yeah. And I think once you start seeing results, right, like it just kind of becomes more, um, you can want to keep doing it because you want to keep seeing those results. Right. Absolutely. And I I will say when I, um, in that, that summer of 16, when I kind of first started, I, uh, one of my friends posted like a workout and it was like a heavy weight training workout. And I started, uh, and I started doing that, focusing on that. I just remember one day I did that. And then the next day I like did another one. And then, I mean, within like a couple of weeks, especially as a, as a newbie, um, Mm -hmm. lifting weights, I could see, you're right. I could see changes. And I was just like, Whoa, like this is, you know, and then it makes makes you, yeah. And it makes you want to keep, keep going with it. Right. So, well, this was a lot of fun. I think we went way over time, but I just, I love just hearing, um, your story and, uh, just wanted to see, I know that you had recently finished your certification to actually teach fitness or to be a trainer. Is that right? Yes. Yes, I did. I just took my test in February. So I am now a certified personal trainer with, um, NASM, which is 
National Academy of Sports Medicine. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. And um, if anybody who's listening wants to reach out to you or contact you or find you, how can they do so? Um, my Instagram is probably the best way and it's uh, Dr. Muscle Mom. So it's D-R-M-U-S-C-L-E-M-O-M on Instagram. Awesome. Any last words of advice or anything? <laughs> um, no, I just encourage everybody to find something that you like, find a way to stick with it. Um, don't, um, don't deprive, completely deprive yourself of foods that you like, of, you know, of, um, things that you like to do. Um, there's a way to make it sustainable and make it so that you're not, um, miserable and you're, that you, that you enjoy, that you enjoy what you're doing. Cause that's, that's the important thing. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking your time out to chat with me today, Stacey. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wish Well podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and follow along every week for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at wishwell.health and at our website, wishwell.health.blog. Until next time, I wish you health and I wish you wellness. Thank you.